Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hello and thanks very much for tuning into episode 26, season 1 of Huddles and Stout. The penultimate episode this season. We'll start season 2 with some off-season stuff, which, which may kick kick on shortly after the Super Bowl. But look, it's, it's Super Bowl week, Super Bowl preview. Um, where else to start other than the fact that, yet again, joined by... How are you, mate? I'm good, pal. I know it's Super Bowl week, but I'm just going to just make it about us for a second. And can you believe it? We got through a, a full season almost. Um, almost one more episode to go. And it could be the sourest episode or most absolutely episode. We should season. probably just put a disclaimer out there that this show will be intrinsically biased. We'll try and keep it to a minimum. But uh, sorry, Chiefs fans. Some of our stats may be a bit... Uh, Eagles leaning, um, but look, which is less than, which is more than fair to say, and I also think, depending on the result, it could be the, could be absolutely essential. Cowboys, Giants, Commanders fans, listening, oh. um, or it could be best avoided, depending. Um, yeah, you'll know yourself. You'll know. Yourself. You may find us irritating and insufferable on a normal episode but for fans of those particular franchises dear god dear god super bowl week yeah, god love them uh, um i suppose we have a lot to get through um probably something we're we're gonna we're gonna park the super bowl for for a bit we have will have our regular season awards is something we wanted to do we just didn't we didn't feel it was enough time to squeeze it into one of the playoff episodes so we've left it until now we'll obviously thereafter have our preview to the super bowl so we'll be looking at keys to victory for both sides kind of our favorites for super bowl mvp and kind of weaknesses both both sides have but before all that i'm going to kick it off with a stat Why and stop I thought, now? do you know what it's the penultimate episode of the season i was like i don't want to get there and realize i should have brought it so i guess i brought it this week um but i suppose my stat for you is the winners of the coin toss in reverse order of the last eight super bowls cincinnati won the toss lost to the rams the chiefs won the toss lost to the bucks the 49ers won the toss lost to the chiefs the Rams won the toss, lost to the the Patriots. The Patriots won the toss, lost oh. to our beloved Eagles. The Falcons won the toss, lost to the Pats. The Panthers won the toss, lost to Denver. And 
the Seahawks won the toss and lost to New England. Dear gosh. Has started the rhetoric of the coin toss course. Look, so there you go. Like two minutes good. into the game, you'll know who's winning. If it's too, if it's too late, a game for a lot of folks. Some people will be staying up for the halftime show. Some people will be up for the whole thing. There must be some some crowd in it just for the coin toss. Just for the coin toss, and then wake up first thing Monday yep. morning and see what color Gatorade was built on That's the it. Yep. Look. But look, without much further ado, as I said, we're parking the Super Bowl for the time being. We're going to the regular season awards. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories. So basically, I'm, I'm going to ask Rocky for who he wants to give this award to. A bit of tete-a-tete, a bit of back, if, back and forth, and I'll probably give my, my answer. But the first category, biggest flop of the season. Yes, obviously our awards were it's a it's a, a wee departure from every other podcast that's doing their own defensive player of the years, MVPs, the whole shebang. You can get that that's a dime a dozen folks. You're coming here for our 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 two bit spin offs and we're starting off with the biggest flop of the season. Look, there are several contenders for this award. I'm gonna go with I think a strong candidate, and I don't. I don't like going for the you know the chalk answer, the the, the thing that springs to everybody's mind first. Um, I might mention them in the honourable mentions, but I've got the Indianapolis Colts. They uh, came into the year favourites for the AAFC South after a stagnant off season for the Titans. Um, they obviously signed Matt Ryan. He was to be this big upgrade over Carson Wentz. They drafted a few weapons, Alec Pierce, um, Jonathan Taylor was to go on this, you know, second year storm and establish his dominance as the number one uh, runner back in the NFL. Instead, instead of winning the division as they were favorited to, Frank Reich was fired. They hired Jeff Saturday with no coaching experience as interim head coach. And it looks he looks set to continue his ten- tenure into next year. Um, though there are some other candidates, but there's a lot of chatter about um, Jeff Saturday hanging around. Jim Irsay he renewed his identity as a bit of an unstable and difficult to work with owner. They went from this seemingly stable and when ru- well run franchise, it, discounting maybe the the Wentz fiasco and the way that ended, but historically. And recently, stable and well-run. To looking as if they're going to tank next year. That's that's to me. That's what this. Uh, if Jeff Saturday is hired, I'm only he could. His job shouldn't have been extended based on his you know half a season tenure in Indianapolis. To me, that's saying we we want Caleb Wilson in not the upcoming draft, but the year after. It's a bit of a tank job. Um, uh, I don't think many teams will commit to a tank job, but maybe uh, maybe Jim Irsay is, is pulling pulling his uh, pulling rank. Um, look, they've got stars. They've got stars on the offense. They've got stars on the defense. I just think by the time they're back into contention, a lot of those players might be past their prime. Look, it's a weak division. 
So you never know. They could be back in contention in a year or two. But for me, to go from the established favorite in a division to, you know, maybe they'll win or they'll they'll win less games than the Texans next year. That's that's who I have for the big flop. Yeah. The big flop. I'll let you pick before I go on yeah, to my honorable I, mentions. Yeah, I'd imagine this is the honorable mention. I, I, I thought about this question. I thought, similar to yourself, we can have kind of the uh, the out there mention, but I think sometimes the answer just stares you straight in your face. And it's those fine folk at my life, and it's the Denver Broncos. Uh, obviously, that's probably on the on the tip of of most listeners' tongue. I was I was trying uh, to give Broncos country yeah, just a, a bit of a reprieve and. But I'll let, I'll let you lay it on. Not them. at all. Um, oh, no. Kick them. Kick them. <laughs> yes, um, yes man. Um, and, and probably spitting them as well uh, <laughs> for the regain consciousness. Uh, because, look, key topic last week was notable hirings. And about an hour afterwards, after I we know. pushed the air, probably the most notable hirings sake. of the offseason took place. And... and Sean Payton uh, has recently taken up the reins. If he can get 60% of what Russell Wilson was with that roster and his expertise, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I think he's an incredibly knowledgeable bloke. Um, I think they could be very competitive in what is a very difficult division. Absolutely. Um, we saw them. Um, we saw the, their, their defense. Their defense is serious, high caliber. So you're right. They're getting an offensive mastermind into to try and revitalize Russell Wilson. Mm. <coughs> mm. Um, and look, not not too dissimilar to the model that the Saints' success was built on. And I know, obviously, there's a there's a bit of an asterisk on that Saints' defense uh, with the Bounty Gate scandal and stuff like that. But it was a formidable defense. You then. Look at what he got out of Drew Brees, who look is probably first ballot Hall of Famer when his time is there. Mm. But pre his time in New Orleans, he probably wasn't viewed that way, and and, I, and there was question marks over the New Orleans Saints when they made the move to bring him across from the Chargers. So yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, I think I I would be it's very early, but I would severely doubt if we're if they're in this category again next season. So. Get them in while they're, while they're ahead. But if you want to go through your your notable mentions, well, of which I'm sure like I said, I wanted to um, to hit maybe the the not the most obvious, which is why I went with the Colts. The Broncos and Russell were at the top of the honorable mentions. The uh, the last one I will mention before we move on to the next award is the defending Super Bowl champs. The Rams went away with a whimper and so quiet. This season, you'd almost forget they were an NFL team, uh, given obviously the, the 49ers having a stellar season, Geno and the Seahawks being a bit of a surprise. There was a lot of drama around the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and his injury. The Rams, just, just so little chatter about them as the year went through. Now, obviously, again, that's massively... Uh, or attributed to the, the injuries they sustained to, you know, Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, 
Aaron Donald went out early. So look, it's a uh, the roster was built on the stairs and scrub philosophy, and when the stairs went down, and you know what was left, what was left couldn't really compete. Um, I think you, we saw if you if you if you even want to draw comparisons, you know, and maybe this is uh, another topic for another day if we're going to be talking about coach philosophies and and sort of their legacies. But we saw what Kyle Shanahan could do when his top two quarterbacks went down and we saw Sean McVay not be able to to resemble anything or or put together a product that looked remotely like um, San Fran. Basically, uh, an utter whimper of a season from the defending Super Bowl champs. They've got my number three spot of biggest flops. Okay. Um, there's, there's, just, there's maybe two more I'd just like to quickly throw Please. in. Um, Obviously, you, men- you mentioned there, Cardinals, after that monster co- contract to Kyler, the bringing in of uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, you got to say, a bit of a flop of a season. And the other one, which I think didn't get as much flack as it probably should have been, is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, obviously, a playoff side last year, defeated uh, by Cincinnati on the road to the Super Bowl. And then they brought in the best wide receiver in the game in Devontae Adams. And they are now sans the quarterback they wanted to pair him with. So you got to say that's a flop of a season for the Raiders as well. I think so. But yeah. but moving on, a bit of humour. Most memeable oh. moment. Yeah. To be honest, I don't have to. I don't have any honourable mentions. I I saw this. I thought, and I went with the first thing I thought of. So. Cast your mind back. The Minnesota Vikings. They beat the Washington Commanders 20-17. to And you'd think they'd won the Super Bowl. Videos emerged of Kirk Cousins dancing on the plane. Draped in chains. Jewelry and... You know... Swag galore. You saw him dancing. He's being cheered on. Um... This was this was after beating a, a fairly middling team in the Commanders, uh, and after enduring a half a season's worth of rhetoric that they are not as good as their record showed, uh, they did actually go on the following week to beat the Bills in overtime, thirty-three to thirty, um, still maintained or sustained that um, you know are they as good as their record shows? The week after they. They were demolished by the Cowboys. But it, but the most memeable moment has got to be Kirk Cousins dancing on that plane, bare-chested, um, with golden chains hanging from his neck, giving a little dad dance. Probably saying, frick yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I was there, There's a lot that's bring to mind. Um, and there was definitely periods in which memes were I suppose just constantly being memed uh, I suppose the, the the Cooper Rush era in, in the Dallas Cowboys there was there was a lot of golden memes yes. at that time um, there was obviously a lot of Bill Cosby memes around the time of Deshaun Watson's return 
but for me the most memeable moment or period in time and it's, it's rather unfortunate but the memes were enjoyable where around the time of two is concussion there was a lot of glory. I hope this isn't going to be in bad NFL taste now, Sasquatch. No, it's a, and and for that fear, I'm I'm not going to to, to get it. I, I I kind of drew this up as a category, and I probably kind of regret it if I'm being honest with you. But yeah, uh, two s concussion memes. I thought were were a golden period as NFL memes go. And that's all I have on that. One. Yeah. Um. I suppose maybe the the other one I can think of just at the moment, and I do regret bringing it up now already because I can't remember the name of the defensive <laughs> back, but it was that shot of uh, it was just after uh, an Andy Dalton interception when the Saints were playing the Arizona Cardinals, and you saw the Arizona defensive back floating through the airs like he had catapulted himself through the air as he scored <laughs> on a pick six. Um, I will find his name. Obviously, we have to. I don't want to do him a disservice. Um, but yeah, another Buddha, another solid it? moment. Fair. Um, moving on, and I'm actually going to pull Rogue oh. on this one, and I want to jump in with my answer Bit straight away. Improv. Yeah, biggest fraud, biggest fraud of the yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. No ifs, no buts, no coconuts. Jeff Saturday. <laughs> he's not a coach. He's an analyst. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And next. <laughs> Hard to argue with you. Uh, yeah, I'm joking. I've got a... I already said I like going for the obscure answer. This was actually difficult with that low-hanging fruit that the Vikings indeed were. Obviously, sterling regular season only to lose to Babel and his, his big fat giants. Um, look, yeah. they couldn't cut the mustard when when they had to put their money where their mouth was. Sorry, Vikings fans, but uh, I think I think you have to concede this that you probably got a probably you probably overperformed in the regular season and unfortunately couldn't deliver the goods there once the big boys started playing. Any any honourable mentions? Honourable mentions for biggest fraud. No, I racked my brains. Um, I think I have two. I'll I'll give I one. I, I personally don't agree with it, but we're men of the people. We're honest media members, so we got to report what you know what the feelings around the leagues are. And you will hear people say that the Eagles are frauds. That their schedule all year has been weak. That they play Daniel Jones and the Giants. Um, they played a quarterless, quarterbackless San Fran um, team. I disagree, but it is also hard to deny that um, the Eagles have had maybe one of the, the weaker schedules leading to a Super Bowl. Now look, they got there in the end, and that's all the team can do. Um Again, that to me is it's more of a subjective one rather than one you could firmly argue. Um, but I wanted to put it in there just to show yeah. how, you know, we're not we're not biased here. I said we would be, but um, we're gonna make strides to to remain somewhat. <laughs> no, we'll make up. We'll make up for it. We'll, we will. 
we'll leave the 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 biased taste bothering up our listeners up. yeah um yeah that's that's fair enough to be fair as as eagles fans we did offer chat about the strength of schedule in the off season we're like i love that schedule that's that's definitely akin to a playoff run um obviously not knowing what was to come from from Jalen Hurts at all um but yeah my two smokies are honorable mention and the last one is very harsh I'll be hammered pill of the post but in the context of the season I'll explain it but the first one is Zach Wilson as an NFL starting quarterback is a fraud um, oh that's I don't think there's much debate there. No, there's not. There's no. No, debate. no. I, I'm, there's I'm no just debate. disappointed I didn't get that one, man. Considering mm. I'm a big critic. And the second one, okay. Bearing in mind, there was legitimate discussion in the early part of the season that he would usurp Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the NFL this season. I think Josh Allen was a bit of a fraud this season. I don't mean overall, but this season, I think, when I was the playoffs with a whimper, and for periods of, periods of the season, was throwing far more picks than TDs in games. I think his, his opening stanza was excellent. I could see the logic behind the argument that he might overtake Patrick Mahomes, but I think he was fraudulent at times this season. Expecting a bounce back season next year, but I think at times he was he was one of the season's. Flaws. I think just because there are so many bad takes on you know the countless amount of podcasts that there are out there and media that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you on this one and people will forget about it. But I think you're right. He was you know slated to supplant Patty as the number one quarterback, and we saw him particularly in the second half of the season. I know he had a a mid-season shoulder injury but he was not clutch he was not coming through um with wins when he should have he'd been you know he he suffered several fumbles in his own red zone he was throwing red zone interceptions basically he wasn't doing what he'd been doing the last two years and in fact we saw regression from him um, now, look, I expect him to, to be a top quarterback again next year. But it is more interesting to see, do we see more of, you know, yesteryear Josh Allen or do we see more of latter this year Josh Allen going forward? I don't mm-hmm. think Bills fans are worried. But it will be interesting to see just where Josh Allen picks up. Nice show. I like that show. Yeah. Just thought... No, I get I'll throw a little bit of a Yeah. I don't know how much you call that. Spanner um, into Buffalo into fans are certainly um, cursing us in the most the native Buffalo language. Our listeners. <laughs> uh, um I suppose most likely to break into the playoffs next year. Yes. Unfortunately, well, it's not that big. Uh you you did right to break into the playoffs. I think I had two two answers for this, but I'll go with the one that the team that actually hasn't made the playoffs this year, and it's a bit of a stretch. Um, but again, that's what we like doing here. I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Browns. I think uh, an off season of continuity for Deshaun Watson 
and um, <clears throat> again the season is still in place so we're not going to talk about any offs off uh, field activities um but but a full off season training with the team you know getting used to kevin stefanski um another year in his system um you know notable injuries coming back another year of stability not having to make a massive quarterback switch halfway through the season not only that we're going to see the Steelers making maybe not too many moves maybe staying I can't I don't see them improving or you know maybe let's let's argue that they they stay relatively still the Bengals I won't argue that they are going to to regress they've uh, obviously Joe Burrow Jamar Chase and a large amount of salary cap but the interesting part of that division is the Lamar Jackson situation um a lot of speculation that he's going to be franchise tagged and a lot of speculation that he may hold out because it's not like a skilled position player where a year off the books is a detriment to their career you know with Lamar his skill set and his accolades he'll be in demand even if he is franchise tagged and holds out a year so it's a lot of volatility in the division um, and the Browns will be facing um, a last place schedule um, with obviously Deshaun Watson. If he can get back to who he was in in, in Houston in terms of skill and play, you know it's they could they could be a, a team to watch. Fair. Yeah. I uh, I went for quite a simple answer. Um, it, it it again kind of seemed obvious to me. I I love that you're not taking the low hanging fruit and just leaving it to me. Tom has left Tampa, and someone has to come out mm -hmm. of the NFC South. So I think next season it's gonna be Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna maybe go with the the Panthers or the Saints, but there you go, Atlanta. Look, there's, there's, there's always. I, 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 I would rank it as Atlanta, Carolina. Like I, I know, I know we're definitely getting one side. I think Carolina is just in a bit of a QB hell right now. Um, who is Frank Reich going to have as starting QB? This answer might change drastically towards the end of the season, or towards the start of the season, when, when the picture is a bit clearer in Carolina. But I think based on how they performed, frisky, frisky team they reset kind of their salary cap last season were frisky and had an opportunity to make the playoffs this season and and they can make some moves this summer so i think from from today i view atlanta as having the best opportunity as i said that could change in the off season but at the time of answering i think atlanta hotline nice um i i did just as a very very brief exercise well obviously flesh this exercise out but i named my seven playoff teams next year uh in the afc i have the bills winning their division no big surprise the bengals i have the jags repeating um i have the chiefs obviously repeating the three wildcards i think the chargers will get back in i have the browns getting a wildcard spot and i have the jets so i could have, I, I might have taken the jets there um that's of course projecting mm. some move at quarterback and we'll obviously have the likes of Brees Hall coming back, 
who looked stellar before his injury. Um, yeah. and it, uh, I think the Jets is not a bad a bad show. I kind of had them as one of my options. The only thing is we don't know who's going to be under center. In of course, a lot of speculation about uh, A-Rod, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, just very briefly to run through my NFC teams, I have the Cowboys winning the division. Now, that's not necessarily based on merit. I just don't like... I'm not picking a repeat NFC East champ. Uh, I'm not... Doesn't I'm not going to be the one to book that trend happen. or to predict the end of that trend. Uh, I have the Lions winning their division next year. I don't think the Vikings will be as um, fortunate in, in one game. Lucky. As, yeah. Uh, I have the Panthers winning their division. We were a year early on our Panther prediction. Um, next year, they'll take the division, obviously, with the uncertainty. Um, I have the 49ers winning their division. And I have the Eagles, Rams, and Giants as the wildcard teams. Um, I suppose moving on. Highest upside award, player or franchise? Yeah. Now, I to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna put five euro. I'll go first, but I'll put five euro down that I know who you're gonna select. Um, I'm gonna go with. Okay. I'm gonna go with Kenneth Walker, number three. Um, he's going to go into his second year as the established running back one on his team a team coached by Pete Carroll famously run oriented Seattle also have the number 5 pick in the upcoming draft and they're likely to go defence with these picks when you're a, a, a running back on a team with no defence you see limited play time because your team is passing more to make up that deficit with an improved defense, um, Seattle's run game is only going to become more relevant. Um, as well, we saw it's it, it also looks as if Geno Smith is going to be retained as the quarterback. And he, uh, I think, complements a run game. He's, he's not super splashy on the passes. Uh, I know he had one of the higher passer ratings. Um, his accuracy is good, but I think the, a lot of the downfield was, was due to DK Metcalf and obviously Tyler Lockett. I think he complements the run game. We've seen him scramble a little bit again, or as well, um, and that only complements the run game as well. Uh, seeing as he's not a, a running back, who's or a, a quarterback who'll have a, a large amount of carries. Um, to me, I'm drafting Kenneth Walker in fantasy next year. I think we're going to see him be one of the top offensive players next year. I think just the situation is pointing in. You know the right track for him to become one of these notable names in the NFL for maybe the next two to three years. Fair, fair. Um, I think I'm gonna shock you with this. Okay. So Justin Fields. The highest upside award. <laughs> no, not at okay. all. Okay. Um, I don't like the management situation in Chicago. There's all sorts of rumors as well that the Bears as an organization may be looking to move. From Chicago, which would be horrific for that city. Yikes! Um, I, and and I yeah. probably would have less of a soft spot for the Bears. Where are they in a position to move? There's also rumors of a new stadium being thrown as a last kind of ditch resort. But my highest upside award is the Dan Bloody Campbells in yes, Detroit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think they're in a division now, which has a Chicago Bears side, which 
ain't moving too quickly. Um, despite having a generation talent in the quarterback, get that in there. There you go, Keith. Um, Shout out, Keith. They're likely likely going to have a vacuum in Green Bay. Um, is that A Rod moves on? I know we said it every season, but by God, he has to move on soon. And if he doesn't move on, there's no guarantee said, they'll I, go back to what they were. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think as an upside, they've shown that they are willing to play for Dan Campbell. I think the ownership in Detroit is like, yeah, this is the guy. And then I think it's just a few roster moves away. And I also think it's a far more attractive place to a free agent than it was two years ago. So I think, yeah, highest upside award goes to the Detroit Dan Campbells. Thank you and good night. Excellent. I've got two honorable mentions. Um, I'll keep it quick. One of them being the Jags. We obviously saw them going from the number one overall pick in the draft last year to winning a playoff game this year. Um, the only issue with them is they're about thirty million over the cap, but they don't have any outgoing free agents that are big key contributors. Uh, unless you want to argue that Evan Ingram and Marvin Jones are vital to that offense. Evan Ingram's probably a replaceable tight end. Marvin Jones has been solid and is a probably a you know a solid cog in that offense, but it's a, a move that was made. Good luck, yeah. guy. Uh, but a move that was made last year that again is it's been ig- not ignored but perhaps forgotten is that Calvin Ridley is on this team, and if he's reinstated, you know, Christian Kirk goes from this shaky border fringe wide receiver one to the wide receiver two role where perhaps he's more comfortable, and you've got the the second year continuity for Trevor Lawrence for all of the guys you've got the the playoff experience. For everybody uh, I think just the Jags certainly at the moment have a stranglehold on that division I think it's very you find it very difficult to, to convince me otherwise um, and just the second honorable mention much uh, shorter and sweeter just the Giants I think we saw them make the playoffs with you know some people will argue not a franchise quarterback though he may be paid like one this offseason. Um, but the Giants, they have pieces on offense and defense, and they're going into the offseason with the third most cap space. They're $44 million under the cap. That's only going, to, um, only going to help them improve going forward. So that's who I have. Fair. Um, next up, the penultimate award is the Feel good story of the year. Yeah. Um, few candidates, I think, for this one. Um, Brian Robinson, running back for the Washington Commanders, shot in the knee prior to the season. You would imagine fairly, fairly career ending for a running back. But no, he came back, he had a very respectable season, and he was instrumental in handing the Philly Eagles their first loss of their season. Um, So props to him. This one is a little bit more, I suppose, biased. But uh, uh, to me, Brandon Graham coming back, returning from a torn Achilles, and having his first 10-sack season since being drafted in 2010, I think, you know, it's 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 an accolade he's been chasing. The Geno Smith resurgence... Um, 
But to me, and I think this is the feel-good story of the year, is just Damar Hamlin. Obviously, what he went through and just his remarkable recovery. You know, he's no seemingly no neurological damage. You know, I think it's what, you know, what was a fairly grim and dire situation on the field at the time. He looks to make a, I don't want to say full recovery. I don't know all the details, but a fairly significant recovery. He, he'll, he'll have a somewhat normal life at a minimum, um, which is which is great to hear. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet for this one. My feel-good story of the year was Padder in the Pacific Northwest. I thought, going into the season, Pete Carroll's final season. He's It's a tank. Why is he coming back for a tank? Well, he showed us wrong. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. And it seemed like every week he enjoyed his football more and more and more yeah. and more. So I think Peter Carroll might feel a good story of the year. Fair enough. I uh, Just the last little throwaway comment. Feel good story of the year for a great, great many people will be a recent media piece. Tom Brady retiring. I was going to say the introduction of the Huddles and Stout podcast. Well, <laughs> I feel good, but uh, I'm not sure that extends to to, to to many of our, I think many of our yeah. listeners endure us. Yeah, the, 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 the bloke who keeps messaging us that he lost his, uh, his wife and helps after betting the mortgage on some early renditions of punt <laughs> on the field. Uh, I doubt he shared the sentiment. <laughs> Yes, I uh, <laughs> had to get. I removed again. myself from that identity. Yeah, what's um, our last? Yeah, and I suppose the final final one is best game of the regular season. Um. Yeah. Again, this is uh this is something that means, you know, it's 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 completely subjective. My favorite game as a Philly fan is going to be completely different to somebody else's. Um, yeah, I, maybe some of the notable ones or maybe some of the more obvious ones will be the Vikings versus the Colts the largest comeback in NFL history What you know? say what you want to say about the Vikings I call them a fraud it's still a record and a very impressive record they had um, as will the Jags playoff comeback versus the Chargers um, it's regular season it's only regular season it's only regular season. Um, another one might be just, you know, the highest scoring game. It was Seattle and Detroit, where Seattle beat or won 48-44. You know, it, it, two surprising teams. You know, you might have expected some offensive output. But, you know, two middling teams essentially showcasing top-tier offensive output. And then that's probably something to do with their defences too. Um. I have to say, as a Philly fan, 
it maybe has to be some of the early games where we saw Jalen Hurts connect with AJ Brown and we knew something special was was going on there. Um, I know early in the season we were we were fairly critical, probably just hedging our emotional interest, saying they're good, but are they Super Bowl good? Um, I think I think that connection has obviously seen us through there. Um, don't know if I could narrow it down to one game though. Well, I'm sure I could if you leave it oh, for me. Ten minutes. I, th- I thought. I thought that was an excellent soliloquy and I thought we were going to get but if you have to ask me I'll give you my game of the, week, Please. Of the year and it's it, it's a it's it's a one that may be forgotten and I suppose it's it's the one that launched a lot of the theory to was the guy in Miami I know that has now been found out to not be the case but if you can cast your eye back to September 18th I can't cast my mind back to, to last week Please. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Miami Dolphins versus Baltimore. Oh. In MNC Bank Stadium. Somehow, the Dolphins capped off a miraculous performance with 34 points in the second half. Coming back from a 21 point Baltimore advantage and a final score. Forty-two thirty-eight. You get a chance over the offseason to board, rewatch that game. Tua was mm. perfect in the second half. I think he he threw two hundred and thirty-something yards in the, in the fourth quarter alone. He was absolutely perfect, and that was kind of the real cementing of Tyree Kill as not just a one-trick pony in Kansas. That he could he would work in Miami as well. I thought it was an exceptional game, as you mentioned, Vikings Bills, exceptional game. That catch from Justin Jefferson. Yes, so many things yeah. went wrong in that game. I think wrong. You, you mentioned some of the Philly games. I think the the Packers game stands out for me. It was another high scoring game. Yeah, look, I think there's been a lot of exceptional games. Even if you if you, if you look back to that early Monday night game where we overcame the Vikings, two undefeated teams at the time. Yeah. It was a huge game for Philly fans, but it wasn't a great game for the neutral. I think there's been lots of great games. Lots of high scoring. One, one game actually I did want to mention was the the rematch, the second divisional game between the Commanders and the Giants. The first one obviously ending in a tie, and the Commanders were going into the second game as favourites. The New York Giants had sort of suffered um, several injuries, and a lot of people, I think, including ourselves, we had them written off, and we had the Washington Commanders. As the playoff team, you know they were they were resting on the laurels of their defense, but uh, the Giants. I'm going to cause a bit of controversy oh. here. I'm going to say there was one man on this podcast who was who was adamant that Giants were perhaps. Going to it wasn't me. It was me. And it was me. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, I think if you go back and listen, you'd be you'd be okay. You'd be shocked. Uh, I still think I think. Being they they went the Giants went into the game dogs and I think since that game, you know they they turned it around and they 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 went strong and they obviously got into the playoffs and ended up winning a game. But for me, the turning point, or I suppose maybe the linchpin or the testing point of their season was that second game versus the Commanders. Um, and I think they just they they went from there. 
suppose that, that wraps up our kind of regular season awards. We've had our playoffs and now it's time for our Super Bowl preview. So obviously, if you don't know, you do now. Super Bowl this Sunday, 11.30 Irish time into the wee hours, the early hours of Monday morning, taking place in Glendale, I hope Arizona. you have that annual leave. So That annual leave put in for the Monday. Uh, or maybe you haven't had a sick day in a while might be time to call it in Um, so to kick it off nice easy topic to get us going keys to victory for Kansas yeah um, I might be double up or doubling up on some of of my points because we're going to talk about the weaknesses of the teams and the keys to victory will be exploiting those weaknesses Um, Mm. for me it's it's on Patrick Mahomes. He's dealing with maybe a weakened roster. I wrote that he has to have a fantastic game, but that's just the norm for Patrick Mahomes. We've seen him do magic day or week in, week out. Um, I'll probably touch on this briefly with or when we talk about Philly's weakness, but for the last number of years, including last year under Jonathan Gannon, Philly have been diced up by tight ends diced up killed mm. uh, one game that stands out was um, Philly playing the Chargers and you had Parham Parham of the Chargers he was their, their second tight end um, he just diced up uh, Philly now that's that hasn't been the case this year but Philly haven't played very many Offenses that ran through their tight ends, nor were the tight ends, you know, top caliber. Dalton Schultz early on when he was playing with Cooper Rush and he wasn't targeted much. Um, But tight ends still put the fear in me as a Philly fan. And Travis Kelsey, I think he's the top tight end of all time, playing with a top quarterback in terms of skill. Maybe not accolades yet, but... um, Travis Kelsey over the Philly linebackers. I think that's a, a matchup that needs to be exploited by Patty to dominate this game. Fair. Um, my key is, is somewhat similar. I just scribbled in the notes. He wears 15. Yep. Um, I think the key is, is obviously Patrick Mahomes and, and how healthy he is I'd love to be able to sit here and say if he's healthy it's still a big ask um, if he's healthy it's a very it's a wildly different game and I think if he's not healthy potentially one of the best free agent signings in recent Philadelphia history in in Hassan yeah could have a field day against an immobile Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, we've seen him create so much magic, you know, on on extended improv plays. Look, that's that will be limited. I just think back to. I just think back to the Bucks Super Bowl and yes. how much running Patrick Mahomes had to do. And I think it could be a similar situation. Just how well Reddick has played. And I think with with that lack of mobility, 
could be severe issues for, for Kansas. Um, but if, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, you back him against anyone. Um, yes. Uh, maybe the the last little point, and it's it's a bit cheap because you could say it about any team in any game ever, but Kansas City's running game. We've seen Pacheco perform well. Jared, or Jared McKinnon has sort of taken a back seat just the last two um, playoff games. But, you know, Philly has the top cornerback tandem in the NFL this season. Um, I think Philly's O-line should be able to guarantee that they'll be able to, to run effectively on Kansas. I think Kansas will need to be able to run on Philly to obviously to run out the clock and keep the Philly offense off the field. Um, now, Philly's run defense was a bit of a weakness earlier in the season, but since notably adding Ndamukong Sue, Linval Joseph and Jordan Davis coming back from injury, they have been much improved. Regardless, Kansas will need to run the ball. Um, I, I think Philly's issues on, on D comes against a bell cow style running back. You say that they also held Saquon, you know, the likes of, you know, Zeke and Tony, Tony Pollard, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, all of these these uh, running backs were, were held to fairly, you know, nothing too gaudy. The, the Philly won. But to reference, reference Jonathan Taylor, that was the first game of Ndamukong Sue. Linval Joseph and they struggled in the first two quarters. I I believe that was the wasn't that the indie game. I think that's what I'm saying. Again, the reference Jonathan Taylor. Well, I think I think Jonathan Taylor had a a, a stunning first drive in which those two lads didn't play. Mm. Thereafter, um, mm. he he wasn't as effective. Um, and again, anybody listening to this might be might just frame it as as copium. But um, a lot of the the rushing stats, particularly in week, was it fifteen versus the Chicago Bears? Ninety yards were, you know, put on the board by Justin Fields. His player with a lot of upside. With a lot of upside. Um, I don't even think he got an honourable mention. We'll have to rectify that. Um, but look, <laughs> Phillies run D it it had been suspect for the first half of the year uh, I think the Chiefs will be testing it um, and they, they will need some form of success to maybe not get a lead but to maintain a lead and keep Philly off the field um, Keys to victory for Philly um, Yes This is think fairly simple um we've seen Jalen Hurts he suffered a, a shoulder injury versus the Chicago Bears I think he's come back and some games he's looked good some games he's looked off if he can pass and he can score a couple of um you know if he can connect on a couple of deep long shots to AJ Brown I think that will go a long way towards the Philly offense They've shown that if they can't rely on Jalen's passing ability, they still have that top-tier running game. So I don't think we'll see an inept-looking Philly offense 
um, considering they've one of the better rush attacks and the KC defense is middle of the pack. To me, I think if we see Jalen Hurts throw a couple of long touchdowns, or uh, passes even, 30 to 40 yards to A.J. Brown, to Devonta Smith, I think that will be you know, the death note. I think if Philly can match Kansas in the passing game, I think that will be very difficult to overcome for Kansas because I don't think Kansas will be able to match Philly in the rushing game. I have two two keys to victory um, for me um, because I think both these statistics affect teams these two teams differently I think if Philly can win time and possession I think they're, they're favourites for this I think if, if Kansas win time and possession Philly don't have a chance and the key thing for me then is turnovers Turnovers hurt a side like Kansas far less than they hurt a side like Philly. Who are long drives. You talk about that running game, especially potentially injured hurts. We need to win turnover battle and we need to dominate time of possession. And those are the keys for Philly. Yeah, that's 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 an excellent point. Um I think we all too often see pretty pivotal turnovers in Super Bowls and playoff games. And as you say, even with an injured Patrick Mahomes, I'm I'm biased, but I'm under no impression that Jalen is is in the same stratosphere as, as Patrick Mahomes when it comes to being a passer. So I can see or uh, Kansas being able to score quick quicker than I can Philly. So now look, the thing that would give me hope there is is uh, Jalen Hurts is very very careful with the football he's not thrown too many interceptions i think he had one game where he threw two or three interceptions which matched his season total up until that point he is a careful thrower his decision making is generally good um and we've seen them you know they have the the league's top turnover differential we've seen them be careful now this is one game and we've, we've seen one or two outliers through the season. If they have an outlier here, well, that's it. That's their, their chance at the Super Bowl gone. Um, we've seen Patrick Mahomes take risks and them not pay off. We've seen him be intercepted. Um, we've seen the likes of Sky Moore fumbling the ball on kick returns. So, look, it's, it's a hard one to predict. But you're right. Good play. A pivotal. Pivotal. Uh, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Um, look, I like long shots, but most of the time, it's it, first of all, it's going to be an offensive player winning this. Very the last time a defensive player, I think it was two thousand and ten. You could argue that um, Aaron Donald should have won last year, but um, I think. Uh, yeah. I think for a defensive player to take home the MVP in the Super Bowl, they need a, a defensive score in a low-scoring game. Um, yeah. Look, Patty will be the obvious choice. Um, I think Kelsey. My, my knock on Patty winning 
it would be he could feed Kelsey and Kelsey would get the props. He'll, you know, he's the star on that offense. Um, and so while it might be Patrick throwing the passes, the, you know, the narrative around him will be, well, who else could he have thrown to? It's Kelsey. Um, on the flip side, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts could feed AJ Brown uh, in a similar, you know, in a, in a mirrored way. But if Jalen Hurts picks up a couple of first downs with his legs, if he scores a touchdown, that completely flips it and it puts it back on Jalen Hurts. Um, I think Patrick is probably more likely to win it because he could put up gaudy stats and we've seen him work with you know, the, the cast that he has this year. Um, but I think Jalen might be the safer bet. Um, consider, if you want to take into all the intangibles, you know, he was the MVP front runner for a large portion of the season. He got injured for two uh, two games um, and basically lost out his chance on that. You know, the, the MVP voters or Super Bowl MVP voters basically may reward Jalen with the Super Bowl MVP if he puts up a respectable performance. Um, I have a couple of long shots, but who are you taking? Um, we, go on. Um, I actually, in my head, I, I, I know I, I talk about him an awful lot, but I just, how disruptive he is. I think Hassan could be, Hassan Reddick could be a, could be a smoky if, if he has one of those days and you're just like, if he, he has nearly, it's a huge number. If he has four sacks of Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I think he, he could, he could feature. Um, you're right. If I said four sacks, one of them is strip sack. Yeah. I said for a, a defensive player to win it, it would have to be a low scoring game. Not necessarily if Philly can score and Kansas can't keep up with them because Hassan is being a menace. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, we've already seen that happen this playoff. Um, yeah, I think the, the the lowest odds is probably Travis Kelsey in a Kansas win. I think I just think there's too much talent spread in Philadelphia yeah. to to pinpoint it on anyone on the offense. Like it's not going to be a running back because it's running back by committee. Um, it's probably not going to be a wide receiver. No, I don't think so because I just think it's more balanced more balanced their presence and it's probably not going to be Dallas Goddard so I mean unless it's Jalen Hurts it's probably not someone offensively on, on a Philadelphia side so that's uh, those are my two picks would be Travis Kelsey and Hassan Redick. Uh so I think it's going to be a defensive one for the ways I think it's narrative based as well it's like you shut down the greatest quarterback yeah uh, if I was picking the Chief I'd pick Travis he's going to be a target's hog and like I said I'm going to pick Jalen for the birds only because I think even if he does have a big passing game, even just a modest running game, you know, that'll that'll be all put in him. Um, whereas we mightn't see that with Patrick because obviously he's ankle injured. Um I actually I actually had Hassan as a long shot, but he's probably about I think he's about forty to one or thirty eight to one. So what a fiver. Uh, Chris Jones maybe as well if you think um he might have a monster game and mm. if he can single-handedly shut down the Eagles offense uh, or at least the rushing game and Kansas can win it would have to be a low scoring game in that case probably for him to take it but another maybe a, a good long shot um, I suppose we might ramp through these, 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 these two and then we might 
spend a bit more time on the final one, but if it was w- biggest weaknesses for Kansas, we probably already discussed this, but I would. is it a right answer? Uh, yeah, I, I basically have it as their health relative to Philly. Um, Philly are going in pretty remarkably healthy. Um, maybe the biggest concern is uh, Avante Maddox. He had suffered a, an ankle injury in the, the second divisional game against the Cowboys. He's back in a boot he played versus the 49ers he was put back in a boot probably just precautionary but he is expected to play in the Super Bowl and he's a massive upgrade when he's on the field um, so if you want to look at Kansas obviously the main man number 15 Mahomes is hobbled with that injury and it was noticeable um, it's not just something you, you talk about because it's there it, it was noticeable we saw uh, Tony Smith-Schuster and Nicole Hardman all get banged up Nicole Herbman has since gone on injured reserve. They've activated Clyde's Edward Hilaire. Um, but again, that's not, to me, not massively threatening Consider Pacheco and McKinnon have already looked good. Um, mm. Of course, um, Lejarius Sneed was in concussion protocol. It does look as if he's going to play, so that's a big, big you know, relieve for Kansas, but it's just those playmakers on the offense. Yeah. Um, and I suppose biggest weakness for Philly. Um, this is probably unfair on Jonathan Gannon, considering he has a fantastic career. But his track record versus the top tier of quarterbacks is not stellar. And considering he wasn't good last year, and he just hasn't the opp- hasn't had the opportunity. To prove it this year, owing to that weaker schedule that we mentioned earlier on. So he's not just going against the top tier here, he's going against the top of the top tier. I just don't know. It's hard to know. We've seen him play man coverage a lot and the defense performs well. But when they're playing good receivers or a good quarterback, he tends to play, you know, soft zone coverage. And we've seen Philly get beat that way. Um, now, Philly played man uh, man coverage against the Giants, I think because Jonathan Gannon didn't respect the receivers they had, Richie James and, you know, that the cast. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he regards who Kansas can put out on the field. Regardless, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes on the centre. And I just I don't know what we'll see. Mm. I don't know how he'll game plan for it. Um, it's a very broad weakness that I'm talking about, but it's it's hard not to, to go up against Patrick Mahomes and him have put the the fear of God in you. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I had something similar. Um, so I suppose the last thing I had just in the in the Super Bowl preview is look there is miles of Colin Lynch has been written this week and will be into next week storylines to read into for the big dance yeah I didn't put too much together on this kind of just a couple of sentences on a couple of different ones so do you want to do you have a, a main storyline you're favoring yeah I, I I've kind of got two um so the first one regard regardless of what happens I think we were in agreement last week that regardless of records and accolades, Patrick Mahomes is the most physically gifted person we've ever seen in the quarterback position. If he's to lose the Super Bowl, and obviously for obvious reasons I hope he does, 
having gone five AFC championships in a row at home and to have one Super Bowl to show for it, does that start to impact on his legacy? I still think he's young enough. He's 27. He's got many years uh, with Andy Reid, who's a fantastic coach, and what seems to be a well-run organization. So I think he's going to get loads more bites of the cherry. I just think maybe there's a query there that is he a Dan Marino-esque quarterback? I know he's already won a Super Bowl, but I think that's a storyline to, to closely follow, especially the importance American journalists put on legacy, greatness, ring chasing. Um, I think it's a storyline that's going to dominate a lot of Colin Winters. And the other one I have is, look, we can sit here and we can compare and con contrast teams, but I think arguably this Super Bowl might be to decide who's the best GM in the league. I think you look at Harry Roseman, he won a Super Bowl, he tore that roster up, changed the quarterback, changed the head coach. He's now back again, new head coach, new quarterback. There's very few, there's some similarities. He's a running back by commission again. There's a few carryovers, Lane Johnson, um, Kelsey. But there's very few, there's very few other parts. Else, Elliot would be the only other one I can think of off the top of my head. That's making a, a second Super Bowl appearance. His debut season was the first Super Bowl. And then, ah, his name is after leaving me at the worst time, but is it Veach? Is the GM in Kansas? Um, I'm not sure. You can, you filibuster there. I think it's Veach. Um, I think it's Veach anyway. But you look at the weapons they've given up uh, in Tyreek Hill. They said he was kind of Patrick Mahomes is crutch. You look at the wide receivers they have, the running back game they have. Yeah, there's very beach. few stars in that side, outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And here they are again. Five AFC Championship games on the bounce at home. I know they lost one last year. But this is this is phenomenal. Um, and if they are to win this football, I think you've got to look at Veach. Look at the contract he signed Patrick Mahomes on. Look at the roster moves he's made and when he's made them. I know they can't probably... The one sl slack will be they haven't been able to get a, a strong run game. But as you've touched, Pacheco, Jeff McKinnon, they've made strides there. I think he could potentially be the best GM in the league. So I think it's it's not just a battle on the field. It's a battle in the, in the, in the front offices as well. Because I think you could arguably look at two of the best to be doing it at this moment in time. Yeah. Those are two sorry that's, I want to pay that's, that's very valid because there are similarities in, in how the teams are constructed. Um, obviously, the biggest difference is the quarterback. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts is just still in his rookie contract. And Patrick Mahomes has got that big bucks contract. Um, funnily enough, <clears throat> if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, he will win the Super Bowl having the highest percentage of cap hit on a team um, the current leader was Tom Brady when he won 2020 with the books he counted at 12.6% of the, the the or salary cap if Patrick Mahomes wins he'll, he'll count towards 17% um, but of course, that's that's just uh, a product of how he's played and where he is at the moment. But if you look at running backs, for example, 
I think between the two teams, between Philadelphia and Kansas City, between the two teams, they're spending less than eight million or circa approximately eight million on running backs between the two teams. And you want to look at some other playoff teams. The Cowboys is notable because they have Zeke and they're paying him twelve million a year, um, and there's eight million a year going towards all of the running backs across the two Super Bowl rosters. Um, so clearly, two two GMs worth their salt. And um, we've seen Philadelphia obviously undergo the the biggest change in the off season. So, but again, it's having consistency around a quarterback contract as large as Patrick Mahomes has to be commended to and it's it's unreal how they managed to stay not just relevant but dominant um, maybe some of the, the other storylines that I'll just very briefly just touch on is obviously um, the quarterback injuries you know Jalen Hurts the running quarterback has a shoulder injury and Patrick Mahomes the passing quarterback has an ankle injury just an interesting mirroring there um, and We'll see. They, they could go on to have something of, a, of an impact on the game. Jalen Hurts himself admitted a couple of weeks ago that he's not 100% and he's not the kind of player to make excuses. I thought that was notable. Um, so I don't think he's right. I think a big storyline is obviously the Kelsey Bros. The, Kels, the Kelsey Bow. Um, two incredibly likable yeah. players on, on each team. And don't forget their mother. That that petition is is well over the required signatures for her to do the yep, coin toss. That's uh, that'll be something else. I hope so. Um, or or maybe uh, sing the the national anthem. I know that's uh, I know that's all. Right. <laughs> um, then there's, I think obviously the American media loves to play into these storylines. There's a lot of just a lot of chatter around the Andy Reid revenge. Maybe there's something to it. He wants to get the Super Bowl against his previous team the previous GM and owner that it's it's, it's, it's not just a revenge game right. for Andy because I think a lot of people a lot of people forget where where Nick started that's right career. in Kansas City um, and he was let go by Andy when he moved to Kansas City I don't I don't put too much stock into those storylines to be honest and probably even less so into the Syrian no. one. You will hear, you will hear so much about this as the, as we draw closer. But um, Syriani only has good things to say about Andy. Um, he said he learned lessons from Andy, who took him in and had meetings with him before, before letting him go. So, um, and another minor, minor storyline is that KC. Kansas before or heading into the Cincinnati game heard nothing but that they were 0-3 versus the Bengals going into that game. The Eagles going into this game are 0-3 versus the Chiefs in the last three games. Spooky. Spine tingling means nothing if you're a Kansas fan, but the Eagle fan, you like to hear little stats like that. Uh, of course it's different because it's almost the, the current Bengals team versus the current Chiefs team whereas this goes back uh, yeah. over 10 years because they play each other so infrequently but but even still it's um, I don't know I can tell you I'm pretty excited about the Super Bowl pretty pretty excited 
regardless of the score, regardless of the outcome, it, it's always great to sit up and watch the Super Bowl. Like, I, I kind of would make a habit of, of, of staying up for the Super Bowl, take a day off work the following day. And then it's always great to see your side in the Super Bowl. Like, even if even if defeated, there's franchises out there who never get yep. the Super Bowls. So, or, or there's franchises that haven't got the Super Bowls during the lifetime of... Many of their fans or their players. Fans, a la Dallas. A la Dallas. A la Dallas. So, yeah, look, it, wherever you're watching it, however you're watching it, however you're consuming it, maybe you're watching the highlights Monday morning because you just got that big meeting Monday morning you can't get out of it. Regardless, enjoy yourself. Because it is one of the sporting spectacles. Have a nice, uh, have a beer on mm. us. Maybe a packet of Doritos. Have a beer and a, and a slice of pie. Yeah. Uh, that was meant to be Italian-American accent than it was I think <laughs> English Jesus. middle class Cockney uh, yeah uh, and, on, and on that note that's, that's all from all me that's from me enjoy the Super Bowl and we'll see you on the other side hopefully delighted thank you and good night Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.